Today is opening day of the Little League World Series in Williamsport, and Tom Spiker will be on duty. Back in 1998, WRAK, which is the flagship station for the Little League World Series radio network, had an opening for somebody to do man-in-the-crowd duties. And I had worked football broadcast for them for years, and the lead guy, Ken Sawyer, came to me and said, would you like to do this? I said yes, and the rest is history. Uh, It's a lot of talking to the parents before the game, during the game, going around, talking to fans, getting interesting stories, and uh, sharing those stories with the audience every inning, and also doing a lot of interviews along the way, live interviews. And I write during the Little League World Series as well. I, I compile stories for CBS Radio National, and also do a lot of writing on social media so people can follow the action and the interesting stories via that vehicle. Thomas Spiker is a writer and video producer in public relations and marketing at Pennsylvania College of Technology in Williamsport. Over the years, Spiker has been out in the stands and on the sidelines bringing stories of the players and their families to listeners. While many of those years, his mentor, Bill Byam, was in the announce booth. At his passing, Bill Byam was remembered by the president and CEO of the Little League as someone who could bring the stories to life. Stephen Keener said, Mr. Byam truly personalized the Little League experience for fans and players through his broadcast calls. For nearly 60 years, he spent every day of the World Series setting the scene and describing the sights and sounds. But more important, he made this event exciting by giving the hometown feel to our international event. The flair he had for broadcasting and connecting with listeners carried over to his writing, sports columns, and particularly to a novel for young people Bill cared about deeply. The deep respect Tom Spiker had for Bill Byam led to his mission to bring that book, Bucky Deacon's Dilemma, to published form in Bill's honor. We had a chance to speak by phone with Thomas Spiker about the project and his mentor and friend. Bill was just a a great man. Unfortunately, he passed away back in uh, May of 2017, but he led such a rich life. He was a great athlete in his time. He was a minor league pitcher. Uh, He also played football and basketball. He um, was a teacher in the South Williamsport Area School District for decades, was also a coach, community volunteer. And he was a sports broadcaster, and uh, one of his chief accomplishments, it was his love, was uh, Little League Baseball and the Little League World Series, uh, broadcasting it for 56 consecutive years. And while those accomplishments are impressive, I think what's even more impressive about Bill is that he was a mentor to so many people of all walks of life. And I was fortunate to be one of his mentees, if you will. And it resulted in a project that is remarkable, and that is the book. Tell us how you knew about this book. Well, I actually found out about it from Bill when I was in college. I mean, this is going way back. This is in the late 1980s. I remember over, I think it was a spring break or something like that, him telling me about, hey, I I, I wrote this book. Do you want to read it? I said, sure. So I remember being at home and in a couple of days going through the typewritten manuscript, and I thought it was a really, it was a nice story. And Bill had a passion for writing, 
and later in life, he wrote a weekly sports column for a publication in Lycoming County, and he just really thoroughly enjoyed doing that. And he also enjoyed writing poetry. But uh, one of his passions was trying to write a book for young boys, because really there's not a whole lot out there for young boys. And that's why he sat down one uh, summer in the late 80s at his typewriter and uh, pecked away and came up with a uh, sports novel. And uh, Bill has had a distinct voice, and he was always such a positive person. And this book really, the original story and the rewrite, if you will, has so many positive traits for people to emulate. But it's really about a, a young boy by the name of Bucky Deacon, who lives in a small Pennsylvania town that's football crazy. He's in eighth grade, and uh, he's a good athlete, comes from a, a good family, just a good kid. And he's going out for the eighth grade football team, which is a powerhouse team in this uh, school district that's famous for football. It's him, his buddies who go back to elementary school, Chunky Gibson and Randy Chilson. And they have to be teammates on this eighth grade team with a crosstown rival by the name of Rich Rankin. And he's kind of the opposite of Bucky. He's good athlete like Bucky, but he's hot-tempered, He's comes from a broken family, he's from the other side of the tracks, and none of these kids have had good dealings with him in the past, whether they played Pop Warner against each other or Little League Baseball. And the book really centers on the relationship that has to form between Rich Rankin and Bucky Deacon, and it follows their adventures and the developing relationship throughout the football season. And it involves, obviously, a lot of conflict. There's a whodunit mixed in there as well. And at the end, I don't want to give away the ending, but I think it's a very important message that it leaves both the kids who read the book and, and, and the parents as well. I think it has good lessons for adults, too, about acceptance, friendship, leadership, conflict resolution, those type of things. Now, did Bill want to have this published? He must have yes. wanted to, yeah? Yes, and it always bothered him. You know, back when he originally wrote it, there weren't too many outlets to publish. The only books of this type that I can really think of, and they're still written today, although the author's deceased, there's ghostwriters who do it for him. There was a gentleman by the name of Matt Christopher who wrote, gosh, dozens and dozens of these um, sports novels for, like, middle school boys. And I think Bill got some inspiration from that, but he wrote it, and I guess the best way to put it, I don't think he ever dealt with the right people to get it published. I remember two weeks before he passed, I was with him, and he was having a great day. Uh, it was so nice to see, and he was just telling me how much he still wanted to write, and uh, he still had stories to tell. Unfortunately, he, um, he died two weeks later, and it was about... I'd say a year and a half later, when I got the idea, I said, hey, you know, it'd be so nice to get my hands on that original manuscript and do something with it and get it published because there's so many avenues out there today to publish books. And Bill's story would finally have an audience and be published in his honor. And yet there was a little bit of a hitch, right? <laughs> yeah. His son, Rob, uh, and the family was so supportive about this effort. Bill's son, Rob, scrounged around and he found the original typewritten manuscript, but probably the most important chapter of the manuscript was missing. We have no idea what happened. My guess is that maybe Bill gave it to somebody to read. Who knows? Maybe he sent it to a publisher, for all I know, and he never got it back. So that was missing. And so we had to do some uh, creative 
I guess, creative licensing, so to speak. And you had known Bill so long, and you had heard him speak, you had watched him, you learned from all of those things about who he was or the kinds of things that he cared about. So you felt you could sort of put yourself in his shoes? Yes, yeah, definitely. And of course, it helped having the original manuscript. It, it really needed updated and rewritten in parts, but it provided, you know, the, the basics of the story, and it was great to use that as a model. And I kept, every couple of chapters, I would share it with one of Bill's closest friends, Ken Sawyer, who's a radio broadcasting legend in Lycoming County. And he would always look it over and get back to me and say, yes, this definitely sounds like Bill. And, and that made me feel good, so I knew I was on the right path. And then through my association with, ironically, WVIA, and for several years hosted and produced a cooking series called You're the Chef that we did here at Penn College in conjunction with WVIA. It was great because we got to travel a little bit and go to uh, conferences, public television conferences. And at one of those conferences, I met Paul Lally, who then became a mentor to me. Now, Paul has won multiple Emmys. He's the executive producer of Ciao Italia, which is the longest-running cooking series on public television. Prior to that, he uh, directed Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and he also has written several novels. So I would share the, the early drafts with Paul as well, and he had some great input too. Like Bill being a school teacher, for example, the dialogue with the kids, Bill being a school teacher, and I really admire him for this, the dialogue, the kids didn't speak in contractions. And I try to, to honor that. So I would say, we are going to the store, like Bill wrote it, and Paul was like, no, 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 kids don't talk like that. You got to write it like kids talk. And it's something I didn't even think about. So something as simple as that was really helpful, going back and making it more conversational, more realistic of what kids would actually say. When you worked on the manuscript and worked hard like this to be true to Bill, do you have any sense whether there was some of Bill in either of these characters or any of these characters? Oh, yeah. Yes. I think he, in many ways, he modeled Bucky Deacon after himself as an eighth grader because he grew up in Kane, Pennsylvania, which is a very small town. And this book is based in a very small Pennsylvania town. And some of the names of the other characters, you know, talking to one of Bill's longtime friends, he's convinced that a lot of these character names are based on real people in Kane, Pennsylvania, when Bill was growing up. Did you have any middle schoolers read it, too? Well, you know, I'm fortunate. My niece, Allison Baltz, she is an elementary school teacher in Richmond, Virginia, and knows reading levels very well for elementary school. And she read over the manuscript very carefully, and she's the one who really steered me that this is perfect. Using her expertise, this is perfect for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. She said even more advanced 4th and 5th graders it would be good for as well as kids even in the early stages of high school. I think the core readership would be those middle school years. And even though the book has been updated in those ways, the lessons, the core message in the story holds because it's it's universal in that sense. Right, right, yes. And that's why somebody said to me, and it really stuck when they, they brought out, after they read it, they said, you know, these, these themes, the, the fundamental themes and messages of this book really are, are, like you said, timeless, and they apply to people of all ages. And girls, too, right? Yes, 
Yes, and it's important to note that Bucky's mom is very involved in the story. She has a very successful career, and she manages Bucky's sister, her daughter's softball team, and uh, she was a great athlete in high school and college. And there is a young lady by the name of Amy Green who has the crush on Bucky, and I think Bucky has a crush on her who plays a, a major role in the book. What's the status now of the book? Well, it is on Amazon. It's also available as an ebook through Amazon. And it's also in the Williamsport area. It's available at Auto Bookstore in downtown Williamsport. And we've had some book signings and some other activities associated with the book. And it seems that people have responded very favorably to it. And the idea of the sharing of the proceeds would mean a lot to Bill. Tell us about how you've managed to be generous in that way. Well, I've worked for many years in various capacities at Pennsylvania College of Technology here in Williamsport. I started out running the student radio station and teaching broadcasting courses, and then about four or five years later transitioned over to public relations, where I remain today. So Penn College has obviously been very important to me over the years, and I see the wonderful education it provides students. You know, students who graduate from here, they have their pick of jobs because they're being trained in essential fields. And I just wanted to do something to give back to the college. And we have a wonderful foundation here at Penn College that's really grown in recent years. So I went to the vice president for college relations, a wonderful lady named Lonnie Klein. And I spoke to Lonnie about ideas. I said, hey, is it possible could give some of the proceeds? And she was like, sure. And she is the one who suggested the Emergency Scholarship Fund, and I was very excited to do that. So a portion of proceeds from every sale go to the Emergency Scholarship Fund at Penn College, and that fund is for students who run into unexpected financial troubles during a semester, and the college can allocate money from that fund to help ensure the student doesn't have to leave college. Is there something that still stays with you, any words of advice, any things that he just modeled by being Bill, something that you hold dear? Yes, uh, try to find the positive in things, because Bill, no matter the circumstances, always tried to do that. Did he always succeed? No, like none of us always succeed, but he uh, succeeded more than most in that regard. He always tried to find the good in people, and he also championed those who are unrecognized. And that's one of the reasons he started a sports column here in the Williamsport area. And I should point out that for several years when he was teaching school in the South Williamsport District, before he went to school, he went to a local radio station and did a uh, 20-minute sports radio show just about pretty much local sports where he would always try to highlight local athletes. And, and Bill would have a tendency to, you know, it's always easy to find the superstars and talk about them, but Bill would find people who were often overlooked and give them the recognition they deserve. And that's kind of always, always stuck with me, whether I'm doing Little League, whether I'm, you know, here at Penn College, publicizing different students or alumni. It's great. And I, I know I learned that from Bill to, to look for the positive in people and champion those who often, for whatever reason, are overlooked. What's the status now of the book? 
And we've had some book signings and um, some other activities associated with the book, and it seems that people have responded very favorably to it. And a portion of proceeds from every sale go to the Emergency Scholarship Fund at Penn College, and that fund is for students who run into unexpected financial troubles during a semester, and the college can allocate money from that fund to help ensure the student doesn't have to leave college. It sounds as if from what you're saying, there are still important life lessons to learn from sports, and a story like Bucky Deacon's Dilemma is a way to help us come to understand that. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, I think sports are are very important for young people to experience because of the team aspect, really. I, I cringe sometimes when I'm around parents who take it too seriously. It's unnerving to me that they put too much priority on it or they are living vicariously through their son or daughter's athletic achievements. But for the most part, you know, you can see the benefit and the, and the joy directing it to Little League. You can see the benefit and the joy that these kids have and the lasting memories that they will cherish. And sometimes, yeah, kids cry at the end of the game, but the old joke is you see them five minutes later, you know, they're smiling, eating a hot dog with their friends, (laughs) laughing about things. So, you know, you talk to anybody who has participated in the series, they often say, you know, it was a highlight, obviously, of childhood, but playing Little League baseball or Pop Warner football or or what have you, basketball, it, it, it teaches you vital lessons for life. It really does, because to succeed in life, in any profession, for the most part, you've got to be a good teammate, and you've got to put others before yourself at times. And I think sports can really do that from a young age. Now, do you have a novel in you of your own, your own novel? Are you tempted now? Well, it's funny you say that. I can give you the exclusive announcement, Eric, <laughs> that in the coming months, I am going to be publishing a book for preschoolers based on the adventures of my guinea pig. You sound like you mean it. There's a a great lady here at the college named Megan Rogers who, a couple months ago, and I got to publicize it, did this book about her son who is is blind. His name is Mason. It's called Meet Mason. And the book teaches people about what his life is like as a blind child and also encourages them how to communicate with folks who are different than them. It's It's a wonderful book. It's geared to kids, obviously. And she had this illustrator in Argentina who's illustrated, gosh, 40 or 50 children's books work with her. And after I got to know Megan and saw her book, it gave me the idea, wouldn't it be fun to work with this illustrator and do something for preschoolers? So came up with the the manuscript, and the illustrator was very excited to do this. So uh, we were in the process of producing this book. It's going to be called A Week with Waffles. Waffles the guinea pig, and it will reinforce for kids the days of the week. And through Waffles activities, it will encourage them to think about things that relate. For example, if Waffles likes to eat uh, grapes, for example, that's a treat for Waffles. You know, it, the book will ask, oh, what, what do you like for treats? So it's kind of stimulating them to think about things in their own lives. Thomas Spiker, a writer and video producer in public relations and marketing at Pennsylvania College of Technology in Williamsport, telling us a story of real teamwork. 
We learn that when local sports legend Bill Byam passed away in late May 2017, his novel, for young persons, remained unpublished. It was something offering life lessons through the prism of junior high school football. And it was Tom Spiker who stepped in to complete update and see the work through to publication. It's titled Bucky Deacon's Dilemma. And we heard Tom say that it's available online and it's also available in Auto Bookstore in downtown Williamsport. And we just take note that Auto Bookstore is an underwriter here with us at WVIA. Meanwhile, Tom Spiker will be on duty from August 19th to the 29th as reporter in the crowd. Tom has been doing that for years, and for many, he overlapped with his mentor, Bill Byam, who was in the announce booth for decades announcing the Little League World Series games. So the book is titled Bucky Deacon's Dilemma, D-E-A-C-O-N apostrophe S, Dilemma, So if you need more information, it's good to check the website of Penn College, pct.edu, pct.edu. And be on the lookout for waffles. Today is opening day of the Little League World Series in Williamsport.